Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. If you have your Bibles, let's turn there. And we're going to read a, a few verses out of that passage. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Amen. If you have it, say amen. amen. All right, we're ready. Okay, Luke 18, verse 1. The Bible says this. The Bible says, uh, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. In verse 3, uh, if you have a pen, underline that word repeatedly there in your Bible. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing, wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? You have something to underline right there, day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But the, when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Praise God. I want to minister a message this morning entitled, Ask and You Shall Receive. Praise God. Now, as we look at this passage here, uh, the essence of this verse, uh, this passage, the theme, if, if you will, uh, that's, that's being called out in this passage, it's right there, plain as day in the very beginning in verse 1. He says, one, it says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story. Why? Okay, here's the answer. To show that they should always pray and never give up. That is the, the crux of this, of this passage, I believe, that, that the Lord's telling us, the Lord's giving us instruction. What is he teaching us in this parable? What is God trying to show us? Well, he's telling us that we should always pray and never give up. Can you say amen? amen. Always pray and never give up. Up. If there's one thing our Heavenly Father asks of us, if there's anything uh, that, that, that pleases Him about us, is that we never give up. And I have a picture right there, and that's a, a perfect example of never giving up. When the odds may look against you, when things may look like they're going downhill, you, you still hold on for dear life. You still trust God. And what? Never give up up amen in your prayer life never give up that's what the lord's teaching us this morning as we as we springboard uh, into our message off of this scripture this morning this should be the attitude in everything that we do everything that we give ourselves to in life is to never give up everything should be part of our character part of who we are when when someone thinks about about you and I, you and I they should think well man that person is tenacious they never give up once they have once they have their mind set on something they do it they never give up 
should be a, it should be part of who we are because God desires for us to be like that. Now we see in verse 4 in this passage, it says the judge ignored her. How many of us, if we're honest with ourselves and our prayer lives, sometimes we feel like, man, God, are you ignoring me? Or God, are you up there? Have you heard me? Have you, have you heard these petitions, Lord? Sometimes, if we're honest, we may feel like we're being ignored. And that's how this lady felt here. But we see what the Lord reminds us of in verse 7, something he instructs us and tells us to do that, that this, this lady did is that she cried out day and night. She cried out to the Lord day and night. And this morning, my objective in this, in this message, uh, in the, the, the short time that we have together, is to, to, encourage you to, to, to encourage you to continue to strive to hold on and to not give up and to not stop asking God for what you need. Don't stop going to God with that prayer request. If you have not received it yet, Continue to go to God, continue to knock, to knock on heaven's door, and don't stop. Just like this woman, she was constantly knocking. She didn't stop. How many of you know if someone was at, was at your front door, right? If you ignore them for a minute, right, they go away. But what if someone just didn't leave? You would have to open the door and see what they want. And in the same way, as believers, as children of God, that we're supposed to not stop and continuing to ask for prayer ask and you shall receive the answer to your prayer the miracle that you've been seeking God for it's found on the other side of perseverance if you don't persevere you're not going to find it if you give up too soon you're not going to get it you have to continue we have to continue to press in and to persevere what's the definition of perseverance it's persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. It's pers uh, persistence. We have to be persistent in our prayer lives. I want to tell you about uh, Colonel Sanders. You know who Colonel Sanders is, right? KFC, the founder of KFC. And as I was reading about Colonel Sanders, it says that he was born in 1890. And after some time, his father died, leaving him as the, the main caretaker for his mother and two younger siblings. By age seven, it says, he started cooking and doing odd jobs to make ends meet. And at 40 years old, he mastered the perfect fried chicken recipe. How many can agree it's the perfect fried chicken recipe, right? I know where you're going for lunch afterwards, but, but let's give it a little time. We'll be there done in just a moment. At 40 years, he mastered the perfect fried chicken recipe. If anyone's ever felt over the hill that, that, that your time has passed, I mean, look at Colonel Sanders here. At 40 years old, he had, he had found it. So, so your story is never done. And it says he started a restaurant, but at 60 years old, get this, he had to shut down the restaurant because they were building a highway. So he had to shut it down. And as time passed, he realized that he wasn't content on living on Social Security for $105 a month. So he decided to franchise his chicken at the age of 65. Again, if you've ever felt that it's too late for you to do something, to start something, it's never too late. Amen. God can help you do it. He decided to franchise his chicken at the age of 65. He started traveling and cooking his fried chicken. Get this. He was denied over 1,000 times before he made his first sale. 
And by 1964, he had 600 franchises and sold the company for $2 million. Talk about perseverance. Talk about not giving up, pressing in, no matter what was going on. I mean, if, if some of us were denied maybe one or two times, we would probably throw our hands up and say, that's it. It's just not meant to be, right? But he was denied a thousand times, over a thousand times, and he did not give up. So we can learn something from this man. So as we dive into this topic of asking and, and receiving, the first thing that we have to understand is that we cannot stop, is that we have to persevere. In your life, in your prayer life, whatever you're believing God for, you cannot stop. There's no answer there. You're not going to see victory unless you continue. And we get tired, we get discouraged. Sometimes we're down and out. Things are, go are not going our way. And, we, and, we, and sometimes we give up too soon. But if we're reminded of anything this morning, if we're encouraged in any way this morning, it's to not give up, to not stop. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, the Bible says this. It says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. You need a promise? Your promise is right there. That's your promise. Remember that scripture. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you not give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you not give them a snake? Of course not, Jesus says. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? If you want it, you have to ask for it. Ask and you shall receive. There's something about hope. I, hope is something integral in our lives. We have to continue to hope. But I, I believe when, when things come our way, we just hope them to disappear. Or we hope them to change. And, and there's a place of hope in our lives, right? We have to keep hope, hope in Christ. But we have to ask for those things. We have to pray about those things. What are you going through this morning? What have you been enduring and you've been seeking change. You've been hoping for change. But have you asked? Have you come to the Lord and have you verbally asked him, God, this is what I need? See, sometimes we could forget to do that. Oh, well, it's just meant to be and it's going to happen. And maybe that's the case. But have you asked the Lord for it? Have you asked the Lord uh, to provide for that situation? Have you asked the Lord uh, for that healing? Have you asked the Lord for salvation for that family member? Have you asked the Lord for deliverance? Have you asked the Lord for breakthrough? Have you asked him? Because if you ask not, you have not, the Bible says. You have to ask. And you have to ask with persistence. Because when God looks down on us, has he seen a persistent heart? Is he seen, or has he seen someone that's wavering in and out and they just, you know, we, we give up because of this situation or that situation? Or is God looking and saying, man, my son, my daughter is constantly coming to me. They're constantly asking me and it's because of their faith. Is that what the Lord's seen? And we have to look into our lives and our hearts and answer that question honestly. Because in Luke 9.62, Jesus says this. It says, but Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. God is not interested in us giving up. 
God gives us his strength, his Holy Spirit, to push through, to press through, to not give up. If we want to please God, then we can't give up, church. We have to continue to strive, and, and we don't do it alone, I'll say. God gives us his Holy Spirit to press through. You're not doing it alone. You're not doing it on your own strength. See, when we do it on our own strength, when we rely on our own strength and our own ability, then we fall into that area of giving up because we're relying on our strength. But if we rely on his strength, with God's help, we'll never give up. There's a story in, uh, in, in the book of 2 Kings, and there's a king of Israel, and his name was Joash. And this was the, uh, the, around the time when uh, Elisha was, was preparing to go with the Lord, that he had end, his life was ending and he was on his deathbed. And this king, Joash, came to see, uh, to see Elisha and to visit with him uh, before, before he died. And Elisha told this king something profound. And in the book of Kings, as we read, there, there are many battles and wars taking place. There was always war taking place against, against Israel and, and, and Phil, the, the Philistines and, and, and other armies that were against Israel. But God had placed Joash over Israel at this time, so I believe God wanted to give him victory. And in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 15, Elisha says something profound to him as he's on his deathbed. And he tells this king... And Elisha said to him, take a bow, a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Elisha told him this, put your hand to the bow. So he put his hand on it and Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. And he said, open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. You must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. So something was transpiring. God was promising victory here and deliverance for this king by the hands of, of Elisha and his promise. Now he goes on in verse 18. Listen to what he says. Then he said, take the arrows. He told the king, take the arrows. So he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck the ground three times. One two, three, and then he stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you have destroyed it, but now you will strike Syria only three times. See, in this passage here is an example of someone maybe being somewhat tenacious, but not being tenacious enough to get that victory. And see, God is challenging us this morning how many times will you come to me with that request? Are you going to come to me three times and then that's it? See, there are some prayers that we bring to God that happen instantaneously. There are some prayers that as, as, as even before we can make a move as we believe in God and faith, some, the answers can come. God can do that. But there are many prayers that are going to take you and I to continually come to God's throne and in faith to ask him as our father. And that was a situation here with this king. And Elisha, Elisha was, was upset with him. He said, why did you stop at three? Why didn't you continue to do it? And I believe that's God's encouragement for us this morning. God's word is, is, is why did you stop? Don't stop. 
Victory is coming, but you have to continue to strike the ground. You have to continue to hit your knees. You have to continue to come to me. It may seem like, like things aren't transpiring or nothing's taking place. It may seem that your deliverance is not coming, but you have to continue to fight. You have to continue to seek God, and only then will our victory come, church. We have to continually, continually, day and night, pray to God for these things. And I believe an answer is coming for you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Persistence, it has a way of getting things done. Can you say amen? It's a necessary practice to get what you want. And how do I know that? Just ask my kids. Or just ask your kids. Right? I've made, I don't know how many McDonald's trip because, uh, trips because they were just asking and asking and asking me, right? On, on, the, on the way home from church, on our, our, our way home, our path, that we pass right by a McDonald's. So when I really don't want them to be reminded, I take a different route, right? But when I pass it, never fails. Dad, I want McDonald's. And if they keep asking me, I've, I've, I've made so many McDonald's trips based on the persistence of their asking. I didn't feel like it. I may, I may have not wanted to, but because they constantly kept asking me what happened, Dad gave it to them. I've made many detours because of their asking. They just didn't stop asking me. I bought many toys that I don't want to buy them, but because of their constant, persistent asking, as a result of their persistence, they were rewarded and they got what they wanted. See, when you're persistent, it'll happen. When you're persistent, when you don't give up, it'll come to pass, it'll happen, but we can't give up. Continue to come to God. Continue to hit the altar. Continue to seek God. Continue to worship him. Thank him for all that he's going to do in your life. We have to be persistent. So we can't stop. Secondly, as we talk about asking and receiving, we have to ask, but we have to ask with the right motives. As we look in our text in Matthew 7, 7, where Jesus says, ask and you shall receive, this is true, but we have to ask with the right motive. See, we could have selfish ambitions, right? Things that would just benefit us. Things that just concern us, don't concern the, the will of God, right? Our selfish ambitions, the things that we just want for ourselves. There are those areas of our lives, right? But God's wanting us to learn to pray in a new way. In James 4, 2 through 3, the Bible says this. Some strong words here from, uh, from James. It says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them, right? These are carnal desires, right? These are the things that God wants us to be free from. They're the carnal desires that we have, but God wants us to be free of those things. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what gives you pleasure. So I believe that as we pray with a righteous heart, with a pure heart, according to God's word, we get it. The promise is there. God is able to move. When we pray according to God's will, powerful things will happen. God will move. God will perform it. Don't pray out of selfish ambitions, but pray for God's will to be done. Now, here's some examples. How do I pray for God's, God, according to God's will, you may ask yourself? Well, if you have a need this morning, there's maybe a material need, or you have some bills that you need help with, and just it's not, it's not coming to pass, or there's, there's, there's certain things that you need materially. God is concerned with that. It's okay. We have to go to God with those things, because the Bible says, and here's your promise. In Genesis 22:14, mark the scripture down. He's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. 
So you go to God with that scripture in your heart. And as God doesn't have to be reminded, but you still remind him, God, your word tells me, your word promises me that you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. So Lord, I bring, you, uh, I bring you this need this morning, God. I bring it before you. Meet my need this morning. See, God takes pleasure in that because his word, you're learning his word and you're applying it to your heart and to your life. That's praying according to the will of God. How about another one, another example? Praying for the salvation of, of someone that's close to you, of your loved ones that are lost right now. Well, the Bible says, here's your promise. In 2 Peter 3, 9, he wills that none should perish, but that all should come to eternal life. It's God's desire that everyone should be saved. That's what the Bible says. So you bring that to God. When you, when you pray for your loved one, when you pray for that person, you bring it to God. God, your word says that you desire that none would perish, but that all would come to repentance. Lord, I pray for my son, or I pray for my daughter, or I pray for my husband, or I pray for my wife, whatever it is. You remind God, according to his word, that he said it. And if he said it, he's going to do it. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. How about this one? How about protection? Protection for yourself, protection for your loved ones. Psalms 91, 11, and 12. The Bible says he'll give his angels charge over thee to protect you. These are promises. So as we learn the word of God, that's why we have to be in the word of God. It's so powerful to learn the word of God. You have to learn God's word because if you learn God's word, you could pray according to the will of God and I'll tell you what, God will move miraculously. If you haven't done that, begin applying that in your life. Learn the promises of God. Learn these scriptures and take them to prayer and you're gonna see God move and do great things in your life. So when you ask, ask with the right motives. And when you ask, you have to believe. You gotta believe, church. My brother and my sister, it may, it, it may look the contrary. It may look like the situation is just getting worse, but you have to continue to believe. And when you come to God, come believing that you've already received that thing. Mark 11, verse 22, the Bible says this. It says, so Jesus answered and said to, to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Believe. You know what the Bible tells us? It tells us to come boldly to the throne of God. Not timidly, right? And it's not in pride or in arrogance in ourselves, but God invites us to the, into the holy of holies. Why? Because of what Jesus did for us, right? Because he died for us. He made us pure. He made us righteous through Jesus Christ so we can come boldly to the throne of God. You have it coming through Jesus Christ. So you have to believe when you ask Believe. Now, I know sometimes we may struggle with doubt. We may struggle with unbelief. But even in those things, church, God is graceful. Jesus is graceful, and he'll help us, yes, even in our unbelief. We remember the story, right, where this man needed a miracle in Mark 9, 23. Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So powerful, this man, he believed, but he was struggling with unbelief. And even that, he asked the Lord to help him. God blessed him that day because he came to God. Are you struggling with unbelief this morning? Bring it to God. 
confess it to God. God, I believe in you, God. I trust in you. I'm having, I'm having some trouble here. I'm, I'm having some trouble with unbelief. Lord, help my unbelief and God will move. How else do we get the answer? Secondly, worship God for giving you that answer. Thank God for, for, for your healing. You may not feel it right now, but you know God's working something out in the spiritual, so begin to thank him. Begin to change the, 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 the tone of your prayers. Begin to change your words and begin thanking him for your healing as though you already have it. Thank him for, for, for deliverance as though you already have it. You may have been struggling with that situation for, for, for 10, 20, 30 years, whatever it may be, but thank God for deliverance. Lord, I thank you for delivering me from this. God, I thank you for setting me free from this. Even if you don't feel it, continue and confess those things because it'll come to pass. How about healing? I believe God wants us to walk in our healing. Amen. There's a story, we remember the story in the Word of God about the man at the pool of Bethesda. And the Bible tells us in this chapter of John chapter 5 that, that uh, periodically an angel would come to this pool and it would smite the waters and, and the waters would, become, would be troubled and those that, that were able to get in quickly into the waters, they would be healed. And there was one man that was paralyzed and he was saying, well, I, I, I'm here and I'm waiting for my healing, but, but you know, the angel comes and smites the waters, but no one's here to help me get into the water, so I'm, I'm, I'm stuck here and I haven't been healed. John 5, 5, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. 38 years. How long have you been believing God for that healing? How long have you been believing God for that thing? This man, for 38 years, when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he already been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? I believe that's God's word this morning to you. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be delivered? Do you want to be made whole? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was well, took up his bed, and walked, and that day was the Sabbath. Jesus, on the spot, healed him, and he told him, rise, take up your bed, and walk. That was God's instruction to him. Jesus didn't want to heal him and just have him sit in that same place forever. God had a plan, a purpose for him, for his life, to go out into the world and be used by God and do what God called him to do. So what did Jesus tell him? Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was well. So the Lord promises deliverance. As, as I speak deliverance this morning, in Jesus' name, if you've been struggling with something in your life, in Jesus' name, you're set free this morning. By the blood of Jesus, by the power of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're set free this morning. Now, what's the, what's the, the word of the Lord? It's to rise up, take up your bed, and walk. Get rid of that bed, throw it away, and walk in a new life, walk in a new way. Why? Because you're set free in Jesus Christ. Do you believe that this morning? You believe you're set free? You believe you're delivered from that thing that maybe has been holding you down for all those years? You believe that? Who receives that this morning in Jesus' name? You've got to receive it. You've got to take it. You say, God, that's me. That's for me, Lord. I take it. It says, immediately the man was well, took up his bed, and walked. Thank you, Jesus. There's your healing. There's your deliverance. There's your breakthrough. There's your answer. You have to receive it, and you have to walk in your healing. Thank you, Jesus. The worship team makes their way up this morning. The man took up his bed.
You know, not too long ago, I was, uh, I was sick for a few days. I was going through something physical, and, and I was enduring it. And as I talked about here just a moment ago about, about hoping for healing, right? As, as days were passing, I, I, I had to ask and I check, and, and in all honesty, check my heart and say, did I, did I bring this before the Lord? I mean, I know God sees that I'm going through this thing. But I was just weathering it, right? I was just enduring it. I was just thinking, well, this is just what's going on, and I'm, I'm just going to endure it. And, and isn't that how it is sometimes? We go through these things, and, and this is Pastor Matt talking, right? I had to ask myself, did I, did I bring it before the Lord? Did I come to God's throne and say, God, I'm having this issue. Heal me, Lord. I'm having this, this physical issue right now. I need help. God, I need your healing. I didn't do it. I was hoping for the best. I was trusting God. I was thinking I could just weather this thing. And God convicted me. And I remember, just as clear as day, I was going through it this one night, and, and I was just out in my backyard. It was nighttime, and, and the Holy Spirit quickened me. But this, you have not because you ask not. And this was like, this was day four, this was day five, and I'm thinking, man, how, how, how long? Have, do we go through these things sometimes because we forget the most simplest thing to come to the throne of God and lay your supplication out before him see sometimes we think it's so small or we think it's of, of no consequence with God that he's not concerned with it but he's concerned with that thing that you're going through that area that you're struggling with you're the apple of his eye and he told me he convicted me you have not because you ask not. Why are you going through this pain? Why are, you, why are you suffering like this, son? And then God gave me another instruction at that moment. He said, have your wife pray for you. Go ask your wife to pray for you. It's powerful to have a, someone that is your backbone. Someone that you could rely on, you know, and... and uh, I thank God for my wife. Honey, I love you. Um, God's so merciful. So I did it. I said, honey, can you, just, can you pray for me? I'll tell you what. She prayed for me, and within, I don't know, a couple of hours, it was done. It was gone. Gone. You know? And days had transpired. Days had passed. And one, God convicted me. You have not because you ask not. The most fundamental thing, right? In Christianity, bring your knees before God. Pastor Matt, why didn't you bring? I don't know why I didn't do it. I just, I just thought I would just, I was going through it, right? It's a season. I'm weathering this thing, whatever. But God is concerned about those things. You have not because you ask not. What have you stopped praying about? What if... What has what perhaps unbelief gripped your heart about? Maybe you, you were faithfully doing those things and you were praying to God and trusting in them, but you'd have, you didn't see the answer, so you stopped. What is it? Because we're all susceptible. You have not because you ask not. And this morning, I believe that here at the altar is a place of breakthrough. I believe this morning that, that as you receive the word of God, that that tenacious spirit is, is revived in your heart so that whatever's coming in your life, you're going to bring it to the throne of God. And if you don't get your answer right away, it's okay because you're going to continue, continually bring it to the throne of God. And as we're reminded of our, our message this morning is one, we can't stop. Don't stop. Don't ever stop. 
Secondly, you ask with the right motives. According to God's will, learn God's will, pray according to God's will. And lastly, when you ask, believe. Believe that it's done. Believe that it's gonna transpire. Believe, thank God already for, for that healing. Begin to worship him for that healing as though you already have it. And then those things, as we apply those things, I believe that we're gonna get the breakthrough that we're desiring. And as we're reminded of how we started this sermon off in Luke 18, verse one, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. That's the Lord's message to us this morning, church. Thank you, Jesus. You received that this morning? Let's give God praise in this place. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord God. We thank you for the promises, Lord God, that we have in you, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, for salvation, God. We thank you, Lord, for healing. We thank you for breakthrough, Father God. Lord, we thank you for deliverance, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for, for setting us free, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, that we no longer have to carry that thing, that situation, that thing that's been causing us so much pain and weariness, Father God. We give it to you this morning, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for, for freedom and for deliverance. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God's ready. God's ready to set us free. God's ready to move. God's ready to bring breakthrough. And I want to just, just for a quick moment, with every head bowed, every eye closed,